you can't play pay top dollar for all your talent. You have to have you know the redistribution of funds. Coming up on this episode of Against the Grain, me and my MMQB TV buddies Albert Breer and Bart Scott break down the NFL trade deadline. Let's do it. We are cutting against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Now your host for Against the Grain. Against the grain. Here's Andrew Perloff. Welcome to Against the Grain. It is a sad day and a sad week here at Against the Grain Productions. One of our favorite quarterbacks, Andy J. Dalton of the Cincinnati Bengals, was benched. I'm driving home from the Dan Patrick show yesterday, and I see my phone is blowing up. Big Cat, my buddy, tweets out, thoughts and prayers to Andrew Perloff. I'm like, oh no, what could have possibly happened? I was worried, and it was my worst fear confirmed Mario, the producer Mario, Andy Dalton bench. What was your reaction? Were you worried more about Andy Dalton or Uh, me, Andrew Perloff? You. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know how you were going to take it. Um, I instantly went to your Twitter, and I saw that exchange between you and Big Cat. Yeah. Um, I was worried for you. I almost called you. I yeah. know you were driving. I didn't know if you were going to... No, no, I pulled over. I had to yeah. pull over. I took a moment. I breathed. You know, you can't forget to breathe at times like that. Is this top three most difficult times of your life? What do you say? <laughs> you know, I've, if that's the case, then I've had even more of a charmed <laughs> life than I thought I had. Can I just, you know, vent a little bit here? All right, they have the worst rushing attack in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They have the worst defense in the NFL. This is two years running the worst defense. His receivers are either a seventh rounder, Auden Tate, an undrafted free agent in Alex Erickson, and Tyler Boyd is pretty good, but he's a possession receiver. They have nobody who can run downfield. So this guy, Auden Tate's making a lot of contested catches that are good, but they're contested because he can't run away from anybody. A.J. Green's been out. John Ross has been out. It's killed Andy Dalton in the red zone. There's no reason to judge him based on this, and he's still fourth in the NFL in passing yards. That's pretty impressive. Fourth in the entire NFL. I was hoping he might get to 5,000 yards this season. Well, anyway, the Bengals are, I guess, going into tank mode. Ryan Finley, the former NC State quarterback, had a good preseason. Maybe he'll do some things. Uh, Now, I guess they're looking at a top three pick and possibly a quarterback. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm rooting against him the rest of the way. (laughs) But that leads me, uh, before we get into the trade deadline, which, by the way, we're going to do with uh, a podcast that I did yesterday, uh, right after the trade deadline, with Albert Breer of MMQB and Bart Scott, the former, former Jets Jet. and Ravens linebacker. We do a show for MMQB called MMQB TV, and I jumped on Albert's podcast and we broke it down. And we're going to run um, most of the audio from that to get all our thoughts on the trade deadline. A little bit of Andy Dalton, but before we get into that, I, I want to talk a little bit about the Bengals, and what they might be looking at in the draft. There is a tweet today from Matt Hayes, great college football writer, uh, the latest odds for the number one overall pick from BetOnline underscore AG. You ready to go, Mario? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually excited. Yeah. Number one, Tua Tungavailoa, two to three odds, despite his ankle surgery slash surgeries. Multiple, yeah. But still, that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I think Miami obviously would be looking at Tua. I think Cincinnati would be looking at Tua. And I love Tua, and I really don't want him to go to Cincinnati. Number two, Joe Burrow at 2-1. to one. I think that's consistent with what you're seeing in mock drafts, the LSU quarterback. Yeah. Oh, Well, the, you know, Burrow is a little older, so he should be ready to go. He's bounced around. Yeah, he's moved up to two in almost all the mock drafts. He's the number three on this. Justin Herbert, 6-1. to one. I think people are seeing his flaws. 
you know, he's obviously got the huge arm. He looks like a stud. Mm -hmm. But the question is accuracy, which is by far the most important trait in today's NFL. Mm -hmm. So people are worried about that. Then we get surprising. Number four, Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm, eight to one, which is, you know, not far behind Herbert and Burrow. Jake Fromm this year, the question about Jake Fromm was his sort of physicality, his size, throwing ability. We knew he could win. So I, you know, maybe I jumped on the South Carolina game too much, but he played poorly in that. They lost the game. Georgia's offense doesn't quite look the same this year. He's not, uh, you know, he's not running an electric offense. So I think I let that cloud my judgment. Now, the NFL looks at the entirety of a player's career and they're not going to overreact to one loss. I don't even think they care about the South Carolina loss. And I really like Jake Fromm as a prospect. I think he's going to be a good, good team leader, accurate quarterback, but number one, doesn't even seem in question right now. Like there's no way he's going over these other guys Mm -hmm. was my reaction. But then again, what if two is hurt? What if Burrow falls apart? What if Justin Herbert's too flawed? What do you think of Jake Fromm being fourth on that list? I like him a lot. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like he's been the most consistent out of all those guys. He's what he started as a true freshman, yeah. right? Yeah. He, that year they were what one play away from winning national championship. Oh, I know. I'm um, well aware. He's he's a little bit smaller. I think he's like six one, six foot. Yeah. If that, right? Yeah. Um, and he, what I like about him, he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. He's had that one game at South Carolina yeah. where he turned it over three times. I know. Well, that, Other than that. that, that was a- Bad sign. Uh, and also, he was in one of our favorite shows, Netflix. QB1. QB1. So, yeah, I have a little bit of a bias. And he was on with Tate Martell season. <laughs> yeah. So, you get J- Jake Rob doing everything right. And then you got Tate Martell, the uh, Ohio State quarterback, now Miami quarterback, uh, slash, I don't know what. He's like kind of an Water H back there. I don't even yeah, know what he's slot. doing there. That was, and I love QB1, but that season was off. Because of Tate Martell, that was the best season. Uh, yeah, of yeah. all. So, and then after Fromm comes Chase Young, which leads me to this interesting discussion. If you watch on Monday night, the Dolphins are playing the Steelers, and Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarland, uh, with the help of graphics, talked about the Dolphins taking Chase Young number one overall and not going quarterback. Now, Chase Young is the most obvious, sure thing at defensive end we've seen in a long time. It's what, five, five sacks this weekend? Oh, my gosh. He is unblockable. Mm-hmm. I, I used to, you know, I I knew all about him last year. He was a little skinnier. He reminded me a little bit of Julius Peppers. Now I don't know what he is. He's just so good. Uh, Nick Bosa, what he's done with the Niners, just disrupting games. Mm-hmm. I think people are going to look at that and say, you know what? Maybe a, a rookie defensive end can lead us to the Super Bowl because it looks like Bosa's doing that with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's early. We'll still see if the Niners do better against a tougher schedule, but... I got it. I think the teams are going to be thinking about Bosa when they look at Young. He's not getting past number three. He's unbelievable. Number one, nine to one odds. I would consider putting some money on that because Miami might wait on a quarterback. They might be thinking about Trevor Lawrence, and we'll see some of the other teams. You know, the Falcons are really bad. If they somehow end up with number one, they have a quarterback. The Jets have a quarterback. The Redskins have a quarterback. We'll see. So Miami and Cincinnati would be the quarterback teams. Miami could wait, and you never know what Cincinnati's going to do. Maybe they want an in-state player. Maybe they want to make those fans happy and go with Chase Young. So hmm. I might put a little money I'm on Chase Young and 9-1. to All right, next is Jerry Judy, the Alabama wide receiver, 33-1. to That is not happening. Yeah. In part because all the other receivers on Alabama are so awesome. Judy kind of looks like what exactly like all of them. So he, I know he's number one on Kuiper's big board at some point. He's unbelievably fast, but so is everyone else in that that. Uh, wide receiver core. Unless, I mean, what if the Jets got number one? Would, would, can you see the Jets taking no. another defensive lineman? No, they, well, you're right. They ha- well, <laughs> they'd have to trade down. Uh, 
Now, I believe I got to look at it. They took a wide receiver incredibly high when I was a kid named Johnny Lamb Jones. Number two overall pick, Johnny Lamb Jones in 1980. Uh, they took a wide receiver way too high. Uh, it clearly did not work out. No, uh, I don't even know. I don't, that doesn't even ring a bell. No, oh, he just died at 60. I just Googled him. Rest Ooh. in peace. Too soon. R.I.P. Wow. <laughs> a bit of a bummer. Yeah, I don't think the Jets can go there. Uh, also, they obviously famously took Keyshawn number one in 96, I believe it yeah. was. So, uh, and that kind of worked. I mean, he was a good player, but we all know what happened with Keyshawn. Give me the damn ball or mm-hmm. pass me the damn ball. What was it? Something me the damn ball. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think the Jets are going Jerry Judy. And last on this list is Jacob Eason, the gigantic quarterback from Washington. Another guy that Jake Fromm beat out. Jake Fromm beat out uh, Jacob Eason, who could be a top five pick. Fields. And he beat up Justin Fields, who is going to be a top five pick, who's just incredible, but he's not eligible for this draft. So it's interesting to see Miami and Cincinnati tank and, uh, you know, this great, great quarterback class is already starting to show a lot of holes. And there are a lot of teams that are going to be high in the draft that don't need quarterbacks. Yeah. But right now, we're going to break down the NFL trade down line, which was a disappointment to a lot. I like the drama of the New York Jets, by the way, to see Jamal Adams going back and forth. I'm a huge Joe Douglas fan, former Eagles executive. Yeah. Great dude. You know, he's a fan of the Dan Patrick show. Is he? He came up to me one week at an NFL event. He's like, I listen all the time. He's made great decisions with the Eagles. Like he was a big part of that Super Bowl team along with Howie Roseman. So I have a lot of faith in him. Uh, real quick, let's run down the Jets. <laughs> and you're you're a Jets fan. I right? am a Jets fan. Unfortunately, their draft history is it's unbelievable. It's all defensive linemen. It's D. Milner mixed in there somewhere. Yeah. So and obviously Sam Darnold. This year they took Quinn Williams at number three overall. He seems like a combination of every other player they've taken over the last ten mm-hmm. years. So they took Jamal Adams a safety at number six. You don't build around a safety. Then they went and they doubled down and they took Marcus May at a safety at number right 39. After, and they passed on Dalvin Cook, which I'm a Florida State fan as well, and that's still most mind-boggling thing ever. Well, then they paid big money for Le'Veon Bell. Yep. 2016, Darren Lee, linebacker out of Ohio State, gone. Got 2015, me. Leonard Williams, superstar at USC, gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2014, Calvin Pryor, defensive back. Louisville. Yeah, what happened to that dude? He they rele- they traded him to the Browns, I want to say. Yeah, their second round pick was Jason Morrow, by the way. What a mess that was. Yeah. Tight end. Oh, yeah, he never worked out. 2013 there. was D. Milliner, who obviously flamed out. Yeah, beware of those Alabama cornerbacks. <laughs> and the next one was Sheldon Richardson. They took a 13 out of Missouri. Super talented. They traded Had, him to Seattle. Yeah, off field problems. Also, mm-hmm. they didn't know how to use it right, but he was. Of all those guys, I think he was the most talented. And then 2012, Quentin Copel's defensive end on North Carolina. Not a good idea. 2011, Mo Wilkerson out of Temple. Actually a very, very good player. 29th overall? 30th overall. Okay. Actually a very good player, but he didn't seem to get along with the franchise flamed out. So, I mean, you're right. What if they're number two and Chase Young is sitting there? They can't. They can't do it again. But I got to tell you... Yeah, but Quentin Williams is a different player. They haven't had a Chase Young there. I know they tried with Cobalt. They, they haven't said had that a... about Quentin Williams. They said he's they no, can't he's miss interior. prospect. He's, he's a... no, no. And also, too, Quentin Williams is not. He's a little bit more stout. He's not built like that. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't think they're scared of Chase Young. Ugh. Oh. I'm not. I mean, I saw the game this week. I'm all in on Chase yeah. Young, but another. I just can't deal with another. Uh, lineman, defensive right. lineman. Well, stay tuned. Uh, Bart Scott, former Jet, really understands that team. He has some mm-hmm. comments here. Now, Albert is hosting this and sort of drives the conversation, but I get to get my shots in on the Bengals. We thought it was a good <laughs> idea to 
cross-pollinate. I do the show. Uh, you'll see it on my Twitter feed and my Instagram feed. That's at Andrew Perloff uh, on both Instagram and Twitter. We have a lot of clips from the show, and Albert knows as much as anyone in the NFL. He's tuned in. Uh, so he was all over the trade deadline. We're sitting there, and his phone is going crazy. <laughs> it was like 4.05. But I think there's some interesting reactions I wanted to share with everybody. Uh, and, uh, yeah, enjoy. Topic number one, and this sort of, like, bubbled up. Like, we knew – so we knew Leonard Williams was going to be available. He got moved yesterday. We knew Robbie Anderson's name was out there and could potentially be moved. He's in the contract year. He didn't get moved. But then over the course of Tuesday, some bigger names came into the mix. Yep. And really, it, like the Jets sort of pushed the idea out there. Everyone except for Sam Darnold and Quinn and Williams is available. So early in the day, we heard Le'Veon Bell's name. We've heard Jamal Adams' name. And I, Bart, I, I want to start with you because I, I wonder what the fallout is now when 51 out of 53 guys yep. basically probably read on social media uh, during the day on Tuesday that they were available and the, the Jets were listening on everybody. Um, what are the repercussions? What's work going to be like tomorrow? I think it'll be fine because no harm, no foul, right? Um, this is the landscape of modern athletics. Um, we've always heard, you know, New York's a baseball town, so we we hear Syndergaard and the trade rumors every year. Um, Jamal Adams, when you're when you're a team that's one in five, everybody's available but the franchise quarterback because that's the one person that's hard to replace. Um, and Quentin Williams, of course, because he just got here, you 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 spent a high um, draft pick on him. But when you look at the fact that Jamal Adams was even available for the right price or Le'Veon Bell was available for the right price, what that means is we we overvalued these players and we believed that we were better and farther along in our rebuilding process than we thought. Now, we saw this just last year, right? right. Sign Odell Beckham. I didn't sign him to trade him. Mm-hmm. But what happens is you signed him and thought that the pieces together and thought that Eli was able to carry the team, it didn't work out that way. So – when you see general managers do that, I think it's an omission that they made a mistake, and we rarely get to hear them say that verbally, but they show us with their actions. So the fact that, not saying that this was a miscalculation by Joe Douglas, it's a miscalculation by McCagnan, and it just shows you that he didn't value or believe that he would, that Joe would make the same moves if he was in the same situation. So why not try and dump some of that, some of that salary so I can bring in the centerpieces that I believe in? Andrew, I mean, I like he said it. Like, there's, I mean, it's a level of investment, right? right like, right. and if I mean, Joe Douglas wasn't there when they signed Le'Veon Bell. Joe Douglas wasn't there when they drafted Jamal Adams. I mean, Joe Douglas isn't invested in almost anyone in well, that building. He's, get, he's getting rid of all the McCagnan guys. You know, it, Adam Gase said it. He didn't want Le'Veon Bell there. He didn't need Le'Veon. Le'Veon Bell is one piece that does not fit a rebuilding team. I have a lot of faith in Joe Douglas. I actually heard Bart say something too, like. They got to build that offensive line. I mean, you have that investment, in Sam Darnold. You got to do that in a hurry. I think that's going to be their number one priority. They've been overdrafting on defensive line and defensive backfield, and what's it been doing? I mean, look at Sheldon Richardson, Mo Wilkerson, Quinton Copels, go down the list, and but now Quentin yeah. Williams too. I'm not sure what their strategy was before Joe Douglas got here. Well, when you look at Quentin Williams, and you know he's been he's been fine. But then when you look at Sunday's matchup, you see Josh Allen, who's a difference yeah. maker, and mm-hmm. they pass on him for that. And you know, I think the biggest indictment on the Jets um, is the fact that Muhammad Wilkerson is the last player that saw a second contract. Yeah. So if yeah. you're not re-signing your first-round draft picks going all the way back to 
going all the way back to Kyle Wilson, you can't build this team because you can't sustain the, the, the level that you need to compete in this league because you can't play, pay top dollar for all your talent. You have to have you know the redistribution of funds. And the redistribution of funds is as good players exit out because they become overpriced for their value, you have other ones waiting in the wings. The problem is once Beaton went down, once Mosley and Avery went down, you had nobody in the pipeline. So in baseball, we always talk about farm systems. What Joe Douglas um, has witnessed it's tremendous farm systems. And I just I can just use my – because I, I don't like to rub people the wrong way. I don't want people to say, oh, he's pointing fingers and calling people out. I've been reprimanded for that. So, you know, <laughs> I'll, keep it, I'll, keep, I'll keep it all good. So I'll use myself as, a, as an example, right? Before I got to the Baltimore Ravens, Jamie Sharper was there. Jamie Sharper, you know, got picked up in expansion draft to the Houston Texans. In comes Ed Hartwell. Ed Hartwell becomes a great player. He leaves. In comes myself. I leave. After that, oh, yeah. in comes um, um, Jamil McClain. Mm-hmm. Jamil McClain, Lee. See, so yeah. that's what you. That's ultimately what you want because you in in, the, in a cap sport you have to have the redistribution of salary. So you price. It's like the circle of life. Yeah. You be, you come in poor. You come in as a first round draft pick. You become highest paid and you die. But how many GMs and coaches were there in Baltimore for all those moves? One. And right. that's the thing is like so. I think that it does say like. It does uh, one when you're talking about like all the first round picks not being re-signed. It is a failure of the pick, but to me, it's also like the people who invested in the player are gone. Like how right. many of those got how many of those first round picks when they got to the end of their rookie contracts still <laughs> yeah. had as a coworker the general manager who selected them? Yeah, yeah, uh, Darren Lee. I don't even know who brought him in, and and that's the biggest indictment, right? Because first round draft picks should be easy. Yeah, I mean that those are slam dunks. Yep. Right. And, and and like I said on my show the other day, you don't need them to be pro bowlers or pros because it don't always work out like that. But you need them to be able to stay in the NFL. You need them to stay on the roster. I yep. mean, Stephen Hill <laughs> got <laughs> cut by the AAF. Mm-hmm. You know how bad you got to be not to get picked up <laughs> by the AAF, not make that roster? Did you guys know right away on him? I knew that he could run fast, but he was built like Bambi and it looked like one hard hit could end his life. Yeah. Is this part of the Patriots effect too, where every team in that division just keeps looking for a new answer? And well, I think it's like I think it's yeah. almost like they're in everybody's head. I mean, that's yeah. part of it too. Is like I think that they, I, they've almost destabilized everybody else in the division because mm-hmm. you can't have, like in other divisions, like you could have a year where you go nine and seven and win the division, right? And it saves everybody's job or yeah. gets everybody <laughs> an extra year or two. Like right. that doesn't happen in the AFC East. You know, right. like like you're going to take a couple extra losses than you are in other divisions because they're there and you're not winning the division. And right. so like you're going to go three or four years, yep. maybe not making the playoffs where in another division you might be able to sneak into the playoffs and that buys you another right. year or two. So right. they've like actively destabilized yep. other teams in the division. The other thing I would say on the Jets, and I think this is really interesting. So, I do think that part of what we saw with Jamal and Le'Veon Bell was driven by the players. Oh. I'm not sure they wanted to be there anymore. Mm. I'm not sure they believe that Adam Gase believes in them. And so not so much Le'Veon because his money's guaranteed and everything right. else. Is Jamal Adams' part going to be Jalen Ramsey in 2020? I, I think he can be. I think he'll say, hey, don't pick up my option. I, won't, I don't want to be here unless things drastically change. But the problem is things can't drastically change because they're not one free agent. They're not one Whitworth away from being mm-hmm. great. Now, if all the pieces came back and they were healthy, I think that they would be okay. But the fact that they missed on Kelechi Assimile, which means that who knows if free agents will even want to come yeah. here 
because that's that's a unique situation where you can't trust the doctors or in that whole situation. Quincy Anunwa, right after he got paid a bunch of money, might not ever play again. Right. And if he comes back, he's going to hamstring your organization because so much money is guaranteed to him. He's only in the second year of his big – or matter of fact, he's in his first year, I believe, yeah. of his big deal, which is $35 million. So how do you improve this team? The problem is that great linemen aren't readily available, mm-hmm. right? They aren't readily available. So what, you have to do it like the Titans did it. You have to do it like um, the Cowboys did it, where you're going to have to have some not attractive drafts well, to like be able to build it for what the Colts did. And it was yeah. ne- and nobody what ever the said, Texans did this year, yeah. Right. Nobody said, whoa, man. They did great. Man, <laughs> yeah. The coach really won this draft yeah. with no Nelson. One's, no one's going to get excited over a guard, but Quentin Nelson changed the face of the Colts. Right. And remember, when this team was at its height, they used two first-round picks on Nick Mango and yeah, the Brinkershaw Ferguson. Ferguson. Is it is it okay that Jamal Adams is the informal spokesperson for this team? Shouldn't it be the quarterback? I wonder, after a loss, it feels like a lot of people are turning to Jamal Adams to see what he's going to say. Well, he's the older player, right? And Not he, that much older. I mean, he, he's a year. He was here before Sam yeah. Darnold got here. He's an elite player. Um, so you're always going to put the mic in there because you know you're going to get something from it. And then sometimes we, we believe that the quarterback has to be the leader of the team. No, a quarterback grows into being a leader. You can't self-appoint a player because it's, it's personality based, it's personality driven, and you can't ask somebody to stand up in front of a team if that's not their personality because it comes off as unauthentic. And mm-hmm. I can't remember on any team I've ever played on, maybe that's why I never won a Super Bowl, where the quarterback was the voice of the organization. But then again, the Ravens won with none quarterbacks. They have two Super Bowls by leaders that wasn't the vocal leader. I mean, of the I team. will say this too. I I know the people who scouted him. Like coming out of LSU, one of the appeal, like part of the appeal about Jamal Adams when he was coming out of LSU was that he was the alpha, like that he was willing to be the face of the program. And I think that he can be that for a really good team. We've seen defensive players out front before. I mean, hell, even the the, the old Patriots teams that I covered way back in the day, I mean, in a lot of ways, Rodney Harrison was was their voice. Right. (laughs) You know, like, and I I sort of see it similar to that in a certain way. I would not rule out. I just we'll just end the Jets talk here. I would not rule out like that in 2020 he's Jalen Ramsey. That he got a sort of a, a sniff of like maybe I, I could go to Dallas. Listen, I could go to Baltimore. Yeah. He like, just got that taste of yeah. it. And like if the rest of the season goes the way the first half of the season's yeah. gone, I don't think it's impossible where you say Jalen Ramsey. We we've heard the way he's yeah. talking, right, Bart? I don't come yeah. from losing. Right. We don't. He maybe he sees what Jalen Ramsey. I'm trying did. to figure out where did he win at though. Because he was at LSU, I don't remember him coming from winning either. Well, they went like nine and two or ten and ten and two, right? Like something like that. Yeah. No, no, no national championships. But yeah. you know, I, I believe that um, Ryan Clark doesn't break news, right? So unless somebody was feeding him that, and who else would feed it but somebody from Jamal's camp? Right, he's an LSU right. guy. So, so, that, so, yeah. so he yeah. got. So I believe he has a sniff, maybe of, of that and. Who want who would want to be here for four years? See, Le'Veon Bell's been here for one year, so maybe he can yep. endure. He has a greater appetite because he's just great, happy to be back. Okay. Uh, no, no, news topic number two for the week. Uh, Trent Williams is still a Washington Redskin. The saga carries on. The Redskins have held on, held on to him. I'm told the asking price was a first-round pick. They weren't able to get it. 
Um, this thing did not need to get as ugly as it's as, as it's gotten. A lot of teams out there. Um, I think the the Cleveland Browns are obviously front and center. The Patriots couldn't have afforded them cap wise, but I know they had some interest in offensive linemen. Uh, I mean, look, top shelf left tackle. I, there was you would have been able to move him. Like you would have been able yeah. to find a suitor. Cut instead, your nose and spite your face. Instead, yeah. instead, you wait till the last day to find out what you're going to do when teams have used up their cap space, when teams have used up their resources. Yep. You wait till the very last day to put them out there. And now the Redskins are stuck with a player who doesn't want to be there, who may not show up. Like this just feels like if we want to talk about a player as an asset, this is a mismanagement of the asset yeah. part. Cut your nose to spite your face, right? Yeah. So this is the problem when you have – I want to say entitled, spoiled billionaires, mm-hmm. right? Because we know that this comes from the top. Yep. If Snyder had vision and say, hey, this is an asset that we need to move. In his business, if he had opportunity in the business world to move an asset that he wasn't being able to utilize, to be able to, to level up, to be able to, to improve his business in the future, he would have did it. But what happens is when it gets into sports and you're a fan yeah. of the team that you own, your emotions get attached. And how dare he tell us what we what, that he's not going to play for us? And where are you now? You Trent Williams is not coming back. All right. So you have Dwayne Haskins, who doesn't look like he's getting any better. Doesn't I know he's, he's only ready, played yeah. one time. Doesn't look like. Does it look to you guys like he's going to be ready by next year without the right coach and without an O line? Their O line has been right. terrible. So as a franchise, I just I have no idea. They're not tanking, but they're not. Rebuilding. I don't know what they're doing, where they're going, where are they I mean, going to be next year. It feels like they're in the like, same place again and again and again. This felt from the start like it was an organization trying to prove a point to a player. Yeah. Like it was, you know what, you're going to screw with our medical staff. Yeah. You're going to tell us that, you've, we, that we mishandle this. Screw you. Like you don't want to show up, fine. Don't show up. We're not going to do you any favors. But you know what the next move is? And we've seen this. We didn't see it with Kalecha Assemble because he, he felt like I really need surgery. But we saw it with Jalen Ramsey. Monday, my tummy hurts or my back hurts. Yeah. Right. Tuesday, I'm having a baby. Wednesday, my back hurts, right? So if I were him, I'd show up and do that. I'll, I'll show up and say, ow. Yeah. And make it apparent that, ow, it hurts. Or, ow, I'll go out there for one play and, ow, ooh, my hamstring. Yeah. So, like, if you want to play that game, players have p- more power than people think. And if you, do, you want, do you want this type of dysfunction in your organization? Well, it's already there. I mean, ha- Alex Smith. Not uh, many players have that sort of like leverage, and Trent does. Right, Trent, but Trent's saying, a top five, but a, a top five tackle when you, he's healthy. You can't but. just say it's him and the medical stuff when you have this history. You know, look at what happened to Alex Smith and all the surgeries. Yeah. Look at Colt McCoy; his recovery didn't go well. There's so many guys. I mean, the Redskins can't possibly be singling out Trent Williams here when it comes to health. I mean, they have so many problems here, and you know, I. I I'm really shocked that they didn't do this. Not only did they not do it today, they should have done it four weeks yep. ago. What was happening? What yeah. did they expect to change? I think they were digging in, saying that yeah. we're not going to allow um, – I forgot the general manager and what sport it was. I think it was basketball when he said the inmate – oh, it was, it was uh, the late Bob Manier saying yeah, that yep. the inmates can't run the asylum. So it's some, some owners have that type of mentality where I'm not going to be told what to do from an employee. This is my business, yeah. and they're my employee, so I'm not going to let them dictate to me what, what I'm going to do. But I think the tipping point in the Kalecha Assemble was when he said yeah. he was going to sue the medical staff. Yep. So Trent Williams could take something from that and say, you know what, I'm going to sue these doctors that you work for and, 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 and file a complaint with the Washington Medical Association, whatever it is, yep. and maybe that would be mm-hmm. the, you know, the straw that breaks the camel's back. So 
Albert, do you know what happened this week where all of a sudden he did become available? Yeah, like, I mean, I think like, just my understanding was they circled back to a bunch of the teams that had shown interest, and, and they had stonewalled these teams in the past and were trying to ascertain what they might be able to get for them. Mm-hmm. I heard it was a very firm one. Like a very firm, like yeah. this is this is what we're this is what we're gonna do, and not a high and, one because yeah, there are teams in contention. If you want, if you want to do this, you know, we maybe we can work something out. But that's the deal, and you know, part of the issue is, so if you only have a day left, right? A, you have to have the cap space to do it, right? Mm-hmm. He's a, he's he's paid. B, if you're another team, you have no idea where he's at from a health standpoint. <laughs> right. And that's a significant yeah. hurdle. I mean, like this is a guy hey, who, is he working out? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, no, as, as great as he's been, like, but before you even get to the shape, is he yeah. healthy? Like, yeah. Yeah. like, you don't know. <laughs> and so, like, if you're going to trade a first-round pick for the guy, it's like, I, I need full medicals on him, and I need him in my building, and I need to figure out, like, whether or not he's healthy. And so, like, to me, it's like, this was a, like, sort of a complicated deal to pull off yeah. in 24 hours. <laughs> and if you're another team, are you like, like, do you want to jump through all of those hoops? Nah. I, it's just, I mean, again, like, if you make them available a week ago, that's a different story. You made them available, like, I mean, like, after you played yeah. a game. Well, yeah. Or after, after week eight was over, and, like, these teams have, they got to scramble to see if they can right. do it. It just didn't make sense. So that's what I'm saying. Do you think that this was a attempt to try and uh, pacify the the fan base to say, "Hey, we tried to move them. Nobody wanted. Ah, we could get point. it done." That very well, could be it. Like that. That. Like, hey, we actually know what we're doing. Right. <laughs> right. Like, like, hey, like we're not actually. This isn't actually a clown no, show. No, no, we, we tried to move them. Nobody wanted to give us our price. You See, know? Trent, that's why. Yeah. you aren't worth what you think yeah. you're worth. Look what Larmy Tunsil got. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're panicked because the Nationals are good. All of a sudden, now the Redskins <laughs> yeah. are feeling the pressure. Um, okay, news topic number three. This to me is. Uh, I feel like I've got to like sort of let Andrew down easy yeah. on this one. Uh, the Andrew, the, the the Cincinnati Bengals benched Andy Dalton <laughs> on his 32nd birthday, no less. Um, they didn't make any trades. AJ Green's still there. Tyler Eifert's still there. Geno Atkins is still there. Uh, they stood pat there. Um, they are going to Ryan Finley. My understanding, the reason why they're going to Ryan Finley, and I think this part of it makes sense. Obviously, they're 0 8. They want to fi- figure out what they've got sure. in in Ryan Finley before they decide what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think there could be a side benefit here, which is you may lose. I mean, it's not like you can lose at a, right. a more prolific clip than they have already, but you might keep losing. <laughs> Competitive tanking. Yep. Like, and, hey, we just don't have the weapon. Right. Like, I, I mean, it's like, it's like the Dolphins put Xavier yeah. Howard on IR today, even though he doesn't have any ligament damage. Like, right. oh, that's interesting. So I think, yeah. like, I, 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 look, I look at this as to, to, the Bengals are waving the white flag on the season. They're going to assess Ryan Finley. If it means that they keep losing, a race to the bottom. Just okay with that. Uh, I think what's interesting here is what Andy Dalton's future is because yeah. I think he's probably in the phase of his career now where, so say you're like Miami next year, right? And Great you want a bridge guy when you draft Tua, you draft Herbert, or whoever it is, like, and you want a guy who like can come in and be a good mentor to the starter to the, to your rookie and can start if your rookie's not ready. Like, I think he's sort of that guy now. A younger fish tragic. Absolutely. Well, I mean, first of all, let's talk about the fact that it's his birthday today, and they do this. What about loyalty? All right, this is a couple of numbers for you, Bart. I mean, they don't play for another 12 days. You could have waited, right? Yeah, you could have waited. Not only that, you have the worst running game in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe Mixon could find a tackler in a 
dark basement. He is unbelievable on first down. You have the worst defense in the league, worst run defense mm-hmm. in the league. Terrible offensive You're line. All, you have had no John Ross, and you've had no A.J. Green. You have no speed at receiver. Your offensive line is terrible. This is obviously, and Andy Dalton's fourth in the entire NFL in passing yards. He's not the problem. I do get what you're saying. And Finley did look good in the preseason. I mean, yeah, yeah. in his second role. The question is, you know, are, so, okay, so they're going to tank and try and get Tua? Is that the plan here? The well, is well, this a real tank job? Well, well, the thing is, Andy Dalton isn't the problem, but he isn't the answer either, yeah. right? Yeah. Because we've you seen, we, we've got. seen, yeah. we, you know what you have with him? You have a guy that's a stabilizer, not an elevator, and we've seen him in pressure situations where they needed him to be his best against TJ Yates, against, you know, all these teams that they had stock teams, they yeah. couldn't get over the hump. Right, so how many times do you have to see it before you believe that this guy is just simply what he is? Yeah. And the problem is the Bengals is one of these old school the good and the bad about the Bengals. If they give you a contract and you're horrible, they won't fire you. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you overachieve or you you know, you you punch above your weight, they won't give you a raise either. It's kind of is what it is. Yeah. I gave you a word. This is your contract. This is what you do. We saw it with Ocho Cinco. We saw it with Husmazada. And they're saying, hey, AJ Green, we have you contractually under we have you under contract for this amount of time. If you want to leave when you want when your contract's up, that's fine. But you're not leaving one day earlier, not one year earlier. Yeah. It swings both ways. So it's a good and the bad of being a Bengal. And people that sign there should understand that this is how the organization does business. It's how they've always yeah. done business. And be careful. For what you sign up for, I wonder. You know, AJ and Andy are—it's well documented. Best Geno friends. Atkins, though. Yeah. Does AJ want to stay after this free agent next year? I doubt it. He's a weird cat, yeah. man. I think the Bengals. Remember, they drafted Andy Dalton and AJ Green in the same draft. They do a similar thing. They got to get Chase Young at Ohio State, who people are starting to talk about. Is that they need a defensive player? They have right. not had anybody on defense. Chase Young saying, "Please, and no. then do a <laughs> please." Then, then they're probably going to draft another second round quarterback like with Jets Jackson. tank more. Uh, but I think Andy, you know, you're looking at you're looking at the exactly like you said the bridge jobs. Chicago, that's the one I'm curious. That's the about. one that's really interesting because yeah. it's tragic. Yeah, Chicago's got cap issues next yeah. year. I don't know if Chicago can move forward with Mitch Trubisky and Bart. We've talked about this before. When you've got a great defense, the window is shorter. Yeah. Like right, like it's not. You have a great quarterback. It can stabilize your fr- franchise yeah. for 15 years. You have a great defense, yeah. but you really probably have three or four years at best where you're going to be able to keep the group together and everybody's yeah. still in their prime. See, I saw Andy. I saw Andy Dalton with a great defense. Yeah. With great skill players, with Tyler Eifert, with AJ Green, um, with uh, forget the guy Tyler Boyd, yep. I've, I've saw him. I've, and they, I've, they got to the playoffs. Yeah, but I've seen him yeah. playoffs, right? Yeah. But then when he got to the big dance with all those yeah. assets, he couldn't get us over the hump. Yeah. So if I'm Chicago, I'm saying, listen, I rather I haven't seen Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. With that, so would a guy like Teddy, right, take a two-year bridge guy, and I can say, you know what, by Mitch Trubisky, because it's clear that he's not yeah, the answer. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, Dalton is in that category now. Right. Like, Dalton is firmly in that category now, which, See, doesn't, mean, which isn't like, doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback. See, but, just, but Bridgewater, I believe, is in that category, but he yep. still is in the category of potentially being a franchise quarterback because we mentioned that today's Andy Dalton's birthday at 32. Yep. Bridgewater's younger than, right. than Dak Prescott. Yeah. Yeah, so both those guys I think would be interesting options for the Bears. We're not there here to talk about 2020 yet, though. Um, we're here to talk about 2019, although this next topic is going to kind of get us there, too. Yeah. Uh, the Denver Broncos, who last week traded um, the uh, their number one receiver, really. You could argue over whether it was him or Demarius Thomas, but but but, but a, a 
at times Pro Bowl level receiver for them over the last five years, Emmanuel Sanders. They tra- traded him to the Niners last week. So that was part of the idea that that, that kind of grew into the idea that maybe, maybe they'll trade some more players. Maybe, maybe there will be some other guys in the roster who will be available. We didn't expect Von Miller to be traded, but I think there was an expectation that Chris Harris could be on the block. Right. Chris Harris winds up staying on the Broncos Derek roster. Wolf. Yep, and like Derek Wolf, Adam Gostis, there were some names there, some guys who can play um, that were going to be available. Uh, Chris Harris, my, I was told the asking price was a second rounder. They couldn't get that much for him. I think part of that's the contract that he's only signed through the end of the year that you don't get any. I mean, you're basically renting him right. for eight games. I think guys, the Broncos should have got what they could have got for some of those guys. Like I think the, if I'm the Broncos, and I think it's part of John Elway's problem is that he's so competitive and that he wants to win so bad that he becomes a little delusional at times. <laughs> I, like, I, I actually like some of the players they brought in over the last couple of years through the draft. Now, I don't know if Drew Locke's going to be the answer, but you know, bringing in guys like Dalton Reisner and Noah Fant this year. Last year you saw Bradley Chubb and Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Cortland Sutton. Yeah, Cortland Sutton. Like, so I, I actually think that they've sort of rebounded the last two years. To me, this is time to rip the Band-Aid off and say, okay, we're building behind our younger players and start to build up some assets because I do think there's a very real chance that in March and April they're in play for one of the quarterbacks. I mean, you should be getting as much draft uh, capital as you can to be able to slide up and down that board because we think that some of the teams that may have the worst record in the NFL don't need quarterbacks. So you think of the Jets, you think of Washington. Yep. And those are teams that may not be in a search. So that's going to be valuable real estate to be at. So you're going to need equity to move up to those spots mm-hmm. and maybe leap a guy, a team that, that wants a new quarterback like Tennessee, yeah. like Tampa Bay. It's going to be a competition for people who want to jump up and you need assets. And yeah. this was an opportunity for John Elway to get assets. I think John Elway probably needs a consultant to find him a way to be able to pick a quarterback because as great as he is, <laughs> yeah. he is – horrendous at finding quarterbacks. And listen, I love Flacco just like you love Case Keenum. He is done. Barbecue chicken. Right. And that that we thought he could be a bridge guy. No way, Jose. Right. And now he's hurt. I mean, now, I, and now now he's hurt. Now Brandon Allen is starting, which I think I mean, look, uh, you know, to me it's it's almost going to happen naturally. Andrew, that they're going to be in position to select one of these guys. Yeah, I mean, everyone jokes at Justin Herbert's height or maybe Jacob Eason. Elway loves tall guys. Please, not you know, Paxton Lentz. But I'm telling you, if they don't fix that O-line, they even brought in Mike Munchak, and they still hold on every play. Garrett Bowles is, is a well-documented disaster at left tackle. There are so many more problems at quarterback there. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I worry about Elway, too. You know, even if you, if you didn't think Elway was the future, if he, he can't pick a quarterback— First of all, the, the, with the ownership group situation, no one's going to be able to really fight. No don't one know knows where, where they're going. No yeah. one knows where they're going. It feels like a franchise that is floating at sea, and I don't see them coming back to the glory <laughs> with, no, with, with no power. It's just <laughs> yeah. floating at sea with no generator to Say get they, the engine going. They bring in Justin Herbert next year. There's still problems all up and down. Von Miller's not getting younger. Chubb, That's why you should have got rid of an injury. That's why you should have got rid of Von Miller. I totally would have done the fire sale right now. They did part of it with Emmanuel Sanders. But, yeah, I, I think you guys are right. I think they're taking a quarterback, but the problems are not going away. And Elway is, unfortunately, he's the, the cause of a lot of these problems. Yeah. Von Miller's going to be 31 next year. Yeah. I mean, I think you can still get something significant for him. And I, I look at a player like that, as great as he is, it's like 
if it's going to take you two years to get good again, right? right how good are you going to be? How good is he going to be when you're good again? He's a he's a he's that's a thing. Like, yeah, he's a finishing piece. Yeah, like he's a guy that when you need to get over the hump, okay, I need a situational pass yeah. rusher. I think you know if you want to you know extend his his football life. I think you want to maybe put, start putting him on a pitch count where he's not out there on yeah. first and second yep. down all the time, where he's being able to kind of regroup and things of that sort. I mean, they had the perfect example. They brought DeMarcus Ware over, and they seen how it works and how it could work. Now, they may think that hey, we can do that here because we got Bradley Chubb, but you're nowhere near winning. When you brought over DeMarcus Ware and you put him on a pitch count, you were in still win mode. I mean, I would have definitely traded him. He could have been a finishing piece, yeah. you know, because – he would have been a top guy on the market, you know, for somebody that that was ready to win now. Von Miller should do the Chris Long championship tour where he comes comes in for the Patriots or the Eagles yep. and uh or Michael Bennett has done I'm tr- I'm trying recently. To- He's be great. I thought he'd be a great piece for a team that was right on the you know thought they could do. I'm it this trying year. to think of that team because you yeah. look at San Francisco, they got everything that they, they don't need. need them. Right, you think of a team like Philly uh, for sure. They really miss those guys. They need a pass rush. Yeah, but they couldn't fit that money. In. I don't no. know how much. Even though they always find a way to fit, I don't know how they be in the running. They were you. They were rumored with Le'Veon Bell. Like how are they gonna fit more money into the cap? I don't know. Roseman must be the greatest capologist in the history of sports. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. A uh, team like Baltimore would have been perfect. Okay. Yeah. Our uh, our last topic uh, before we get out of here. This was really interesting to me. We'll keep this one quick. But so this is a ba- I, I think we we would refer to it as a basketball trade, right? So the Dolphins um, trade for Akeem Talib, who's on IR and not eligible to come back until Week 15, right? <laughs> with week Akeem, 15. With Akeem Talib comes a 2020 fifth round pick, right? You guys know what's going back to the Rams. A set, not only a seventh round pick, a twenty twenty two seventh round pick. So like, the, it, it, that's like less right. than nothing. That's like that's like less than. You nothing. get that in compensatory yeah. pick. You, I they, mean, they're basically get you a, compensatory a seventh pick round pick. Two and a half years from now, they must really hate to leave, and they got rid of Peters. I, I don't as think well. it was hating to leave though. I think it was just offloading yeah. a salary. Like it's like, look, like he's not going to play for us again. Four and a half million dollars. Yeah. I, I they they must not have felt good about like his ability to play. Well, I because if you think you're going to be in the playoffs, exactly. you hold on to a guy like that. Um, you got to get Ramsey. You got Ramsey. So, so now you got you got to pay him. And what's interesting about it though is like the the first thing you think about is okay, are they clearing space for a trade? Now they can't make a trade, so this has to be clearing space to go and get. I mean, go and take care of someone. Yeah, take, take, care, take care, of, care of Ramsey, maybe. Yeah, start to get that structure because he says, you know, remember they were like, oh, we're going to get it done. He's like, no, it's a time limit on on getting this done. So but, the Dolphins, by the way, they're nobody's going to play for them the rest. Of it. They're they're really all in on this tank. I mean, right? it's, Listen, it's, I mean, they're they're so committed that yesterday yeah. they were like, oh my god, Ryan Fitzmagic is doing his thing. Uh, <laughs> let's go uh, cover zero blitz on third and twenty. That ought to get him. <laughs> Xavier Howard picks. Xavier Howard had a big pick in the game, right? On IR the next right. game. Right. Yeah. What, what are you doing? There's no you're trying ligament, to ruin our plan. There's no ligament damage or anything else. He's just on IR. His, his knees hurt. His uh, knees I, rem- I remember Ozzy did that year one with Tony Pachos. Uh, I say your wrist hurt, right? He's like, no, no, it's good. I just sprained it. I said, I, said, I, I said your wrist hurt, right? <laughs> ah, yeah, my wrist. Never see a guy go on IR for a sprained wrist. If you were Xavier Howard and they ask you to go on IR, would you be, hey, all right, cool. He's like, hey, no sweat. Hey, collect this check. I'm going to start working out for next year right now, get my get my yeah. mind right, start lifting weights. No need to get injured doing this stuff. There it is. All right. Well, we got to go downstairs and, and, and shoot our TV show. Bart, Andrew, appreciate you coming in. Oh, pleasure. My pleasure. 
Well, that's a lot of fun. Those guys are great. I love Albert and Bart. Awesome dudes. Obviously know a ton about the NFL. Now, Mario, I don't, I don't know how you feel about your Jets now. Are you optimistic? I mean, they got the Dolphins are favored this week. If they lose that one? Yeah, if they lose that one, then I'm rooting for uh, the Saints. I don't know what You're to jumping do. off the bandwagon? I'm off. Yeah, that's it. What they if can... what if Adam Gase, the head coach, is one and done, and they bring in Lincoln Riley? I'm good. Back? Yeah, I'm good. I didn't like the Adam Gase signing to begin with. It felt like they kind of were left with that, which sometimes yeah. works out. But and that's I feel a little bad for Gase. He's had a lot of injuries to deal with. You know, when full, more fully constituted, they beat the Cowboys. So maybe it's unfair to him. But nobody has been treated more unfairly than me. Happy to deal with Andy Dalton. I agree. This week. No, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'm, I think I've got your back. It's pretty amazing that I've soldiered through, but. uh uh, if you haven't, by the way, subscribe, definitely do that. You rate and review. Uh, you don't even have to give me all the stars. Just some of them would be nice. I mm-hmm. uh, hope you're enjoying, enjoying Against the Grain. Uh, you know, like I said, a lot of draft talk, some gambling talk, some fantasy talk, anything we want to talk Hardships. about. What's that? Hardships. Bengals, Jets. Yeah. We'll get into that now. Yeah, too. I know. Maybe maybe next time we'll talk about some good teams. <laughs> That's not much fun. Talk to you later.